0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Philippians Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. Our message today is entitled, Humility Be Like Christ. This is the Lord's Word. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, to the glory of God the Father. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning once again. Uh, One more time. Good morning once again. What a wonderful time it is to come before our Lord Jesus, to gather together on this Sunday morning, to once again renew our, our covenant vows before him. That we belong to him, that he has chosen us, that he has taken us out of the grave, and that his promise to us will never fail. We come here, many of us, well, in good spirits, in good mind. Some of us are here, well, we, we have struggled to, to get into our seats today. But we know that our faith does not rest on how we are doing that day. But our faith rests on the rock of Christ himself. And because of that, we come to worship him. And we come to ask God, God, the truths that we know in our minds from what we have read in scripture. The faithfulness that we have seen in you in our lives in the past. Lord, once again, draw us close to you. May our minds and our hearts become as one, that when when our lips praise you, when we come before you to to sing songs to you, that when we come before you on our knees to, to lift up prayers, that our hearts and our minds may be as one. And the Lord is good and gracious. For our hearts are one with him, not when our hearts feel perfected towards him, but when our hearts realize that we are nothing without him. That we come to his cross with our sins in our weakness. And God is there to receive us. You are the prodigal children of God. We all are. We always have been. And the Lord is always ready and prepared to run to you as you take your steps towards him. Our God is good, forever gracious unto his children. Today, we look at the word humility, weakness. What it is God wants to to renew in us, to be humble and to... To have the the, the character of humility is one of the pillars of the Christian life. But all too often, when we hear the word humility or or humbleness, we, we track more towards a feeling or a posture that we have with regard to ourselves. We ask the question, do I feel humble? Or we use humbleness or humility as a weapon towards others. We, we try to humiliate people. We tell people, you need to be more humble in where you've come from. You need to be more humble in your abilities. And oftentimes we think we're the ones who are here to show other people that we're better than you are. But either way, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a reaction. We're trying to get an emotional response. And we believe that this very most emotional response of humbleness is what humility is by definition. But it's not. Humbleness or humility has to do with one's relationship with someone or something. Humbleness is a posture that you take. The emotions come later on. If we don't understand what scripture teaches us about humility, we will forever and ever be chasing this outward appearance of being weak. But you know in your hearts that you're not humble. You know that when you go to try to humble someone else, that You're not really trying to help them to change their character. But humbleness comes from an understanding of who we are. This all stems from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, when God created the heavens and the earth. And then God created humankind, man and woman, in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. And he said, I will make them man and woman like us, but they will be distinct from me. In other words, when God created you and I, he did not create little gods running around the world. You are not God, you are not the deity of God. You're made in his image. But there's a distinction that we say between the creator and his creation. There is not this sort of continuity between that, but God is God and humanity is humanity. You were made by him, created by him. You are not God himself. Humility is understanding this distinction. I am not God. God is God. I am not omnipotent. God is omnipotent. I am not good and just. God in His very nature is good and just. I cannot be like Him. I am here to worship Him and to serve Him, to know my place in this world. Humility is in accepting the fact that we belong to Him who made us and created us the knowledge that our lives are but a second in God's time, that God is the ultimate judge of all creation, and we are but made to worship him for his glory. But something interesting happened along the way. We know that the fall of humanity happened because Adam and Eve both refused to believe in this distinction between the creator and them, the creation. They desired to be like God himself. They were not humble. They did not accept the place that God has placed them in. And so what did they do? They believed the lies, the evil one who said, if you take of this fruit, you will become like God, knowing good and evil. And so the so they believed it. And in their rebellion, they took of the fruit and their eyes were open, becoming sort of like God. In other words, they themselves started to believe that they could be the source of ultimate meaning, ultimate power, ultimate justice.
1: They believe that they could
0: take the place of God. Humility is a rebellion against the Lord himself. And we see this all from Genesis, all through the Old Testament. We see that in the Tower of Babel. And all the people came together and said, let's build a tower as high as that we can. Let's gather all the people and all the wisdom and we'll become like God. The hubris of humanity to believe that millions and millions of infinite, perhaps finite beings can match the power and the wisdom of the eternal, infinite God.
1: Humility is our acknowledgment that God is God, and we are not.
0: This is where we begin, and this is where we start. God deserves our worship, for He is above all things. You should feel small about about now. (laughs) You should feel insignificant about now.
1: But here's the good news about our humility.
0: God did not create you or create humanity as sort of an experiment or as a toy or as something to be trifled with. He is not like you and I (laughs) who might make a little toy just to destroy it. Boys, you know what you're talking about when you're like six, seven years old? But God is a God who created us so that he could have fellowship with us. So that he could have a relationship with us. So he could enjoy our love for him as much as he enjoys pouring out his love for you and yet this love and this relationship can only happen in its truest form when we as people in humility and humbleness remember that we are who we are and God is who God is I know many of you here today, we, we, we struggle with this very notion. We want to have control over our lives. We want to be the people who decide what is right or wrong or decide what the future holds for us. We, we are the maker of our own meaning. We are the makers of our future. So we work hard. We try to control the circumstances around us that we may have the outcome that we so much desire. And yet it's almost a fool's errand for God's people. Because trying to make meaning out of a world of chaos, trying to build your own little protective bubble of, what, of, of my perfect life in the midst of storms is a fool's errand.
1: The world itself
0: presses upon us and our bubbles burst. And even if you do succeed, perhaps for a time being, of keeping God out and make your own little world, You can't escape your own heart, your own desires that seem to never be fulfilled, your own desire for happiness
1: that never seems to be sated. We run into the issue
0: as little gods that we ourselves are failures in that role.
1: But sin has its way of
0: having a hold on us, does it not, brothers and sisters? No matter how much we know this, we go back to doing the same things over and over and over and over again. We call this our sin nature. that once Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord, all of us fell into this state of sin, and not only Adam and Eve, but all of those who followed. There is not one of you, not one of us, who can obey the Lord as he intended us to obey him. If anything, the Ten Commandments just rips our heart apart. But we come here today knowing that we have one person who understood the position of what it means to be a human being and what it means to worship God. And that person was Christ himself. The ultimate position of humility is what Jesus did for you and I. Jesus being the very nature of God himself, as we learn the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was equal in power, equal in substance with God. Jesus was the very God of very God. But the Father who made you, who wanted that covenant relationship between him and his created beings, knew that in order to restore that, that he had to take the punishment of that rebellion. Or in other words, once again, remove the pride from from God's people and restore the rightful, humble spirit that God is God and I am his creature. And so Jesus came, he made himself like you and I. It says he emptied himself. This is one of those mysteries, because when Jesus was here, he was still fully God. When Jesus was here, he was fully human as well. How those two things go together, we call it the hypostatic union, we don't fully understand. But we do understand that if he's not fully God, if he's not fully human, then our salvation is is, is a joke. But Jesus, taking on that fully human form, did what you and I could not do. He maintained the stature of humility. And he saw himself, like you and I, as human. And he saw God, his Father, who he knew for all of eternity. But he saw God as Father during his time here, as one to be worshipped, as the other, the one to bow down to the one to look for, look for, for all help. And so we see Jesus in obedience unto the Father in all things. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. We see Jesus waking up early in the mornings in prayer and humble reliance upon the God himself. We see Jesus in this fully human state, understanding that I am a created being representing all of mankind.
1: And I will do
0: what the first Adam and Eve cannot do. Now Jesus took it a step forward because we're not trying to go back. We're not trying to go back to Eden. We don't want to go back to Eden. Eden was just a stepping stone for eternity. Jesus himself, he died on that cross, and he took away our sins. He restored that relationship that those who believe in God by faith and faith alone may know God once again. But Jesus did something more. See, we don't go simply back to Eden, back to the state of, okay, we're all good now. Jesus has taken away our guilt and sin, now we're back in Eden. Now we've got to obey God fully again as God's people. So then God can say to us, okay, good. You did This time around, you didn't take from the fruit. So I will confirm upon you the righteousness or the confirmed righteousness that I was going to give you in the first place when Adam and Eve failed. You don't go back. When Jesus died on that cross and when he rose again from the dead, Jesus took us from the garden and he put us in all of eternity, knowing that the second coming, the new Jerusalem was going to be here. We don't go back, we go forward. And in the end of this passage, what does it say? It says that Jesus Himself was lifted up because of his humility that every knee shall bow, that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we as God's people, we see that what God does to those who are humble, to those to, to, for Jesus himself, is that he lifted him up to, the right hand, to God's right hand. And in the history of redemption, and the idea of redemption in humanity, Jesus is now king over all things over you and over me as the author of all salvation, at the right hand of God as us who look not backwards but look forward to the coming of
1: Christ. When you understand what
0: Jesus has done for you and when your heart starts to uh, well up with, with joy that you belong to him again. When you start to say, I'm going to humble myself, and God, you have saved me from all things. Whatever you want to do in my life, do it.
1: That is when we know that we, belo- that we are growing in him. God,
0: I trust you with my future. I trust you with my my marriage. I trust you with my singleness. I trust you with my children. I trust you with my education. I trust you with my health. I trust you with whatever
1: whatever comes in my life. All I want to do is be before you. That's humility. And in the midst of
0: humility, just as God poured his love on Jesus, through Jesus, God pours his love on you. We know that as we grow in Christ here in this world, that the more humble we become in knowing who we are, the more God fills us with his love, his joy, and his peace. And we know that day when Jesus returns, you will be lifted up. We will be lifted up. As sons and daughters of the living God, you will be given the crown because you ran the race well. You will be gaining the inheritance as co-heirs with Jesus, all that Jesus has been given, you will be given as well. You will have eternal life that is beyond the life that you have here in this world. And that life of eternity, you know what? It's longer than however many years the Lord gives you here. And together, we will worship our God and humility. We belong to him. During his time of summer, during his time of vacation, I urge you, think about who you are in relationship with God. Think about how much God loves you. Think about the fact that you have no control over today or tomorrow. Think about the one who does, who loves you. Be humble. Know who you are in respect with respect to the Lord. And in that humbleness, in that humility, God will surely, surely lift you up.
1: Let's pray. Lord, we
0: confess to you that we are a people who live on instant gratification. We are prisoners of our feelings in many ways. We long to feel loved, accepted. We long to feel a sort of a perfected sense of self. But Lord, we confess to you that that is simply self idolatry. And we confess to you, Lord, that we know that that leads to nowhere. For when we are kings of our own lives, Lord God, not only do we become selfish people, but we see how it leads to loneliness, Lord. For not only do we push you away, Lord God, but we push everyone away as well. Father, we know that the great mystery is that if we humble ourselves to you, to you alone, And that we simply obey you to receive your word, to receive forgiveness, and to go forth and love as you taught us to love. That, Lord, you pour upon us everything that we need in this world. Not only the material things, Lord God, but most importantly, Lord God, you fill us with your presence. You fill us with brothers and sisters in Christ who we can labor with, love each other, Father, our cup overflows when we are with you. And so, Lord God, we ask of you, Lord God, to help us. We are a prideful people. That which needs to be cut away, we ask that you will do so. That which needs to be be nurtured. we ask you do so as well. Help us, Lord, as a church as families, to be humble before you and to one another, that you, Jesus, may shine in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen.